Yeah. Okay. Um, Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> my name, uh, my formal name is Andres Indongo. Indongo. Um, yes. Um, I, but I would like to say my new name. Okay. That's the one I've that I found within myself, that came from within me, is Eitango Jetango. Eitango Shuktango. Yeah. What it, does it mean? It means praises of the sun. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I love the sun. I, I'm such an outdoor person. Even as we were sitting here, I was just like, can we sit outside? <laughs> we, we can totally sit outside it's like, if you yeah, would. It's yeah, it's so great. It's so great. So inspiring yeah. always, refreshing. Yeah, so that's the name I, I found. I found I've that came with from within me last year. Okay. And this year, since we are on the first day of the year, <laughs> I decided that this is the name I would like to use. It's quite a local name, an indigenous name. It's in Oshuambo, my mother tongue. Uh, I'm multilingual. Okay. Bilingual. Bilingual just means two. Huh? Yeah. I'm multilingual. Okay. Yeah. I speak about five languages. Learning my Portuguese still, so that would go to six, <laughs> and a bit of Shona, yeah, and a bit of Shona. I'm, I'm. It's about time we learn Mandarin. Yeah, yeah. yeah I really want to just get a hand hand of it. But my favorite language is the most ancient language, and that's the Khoisan language. Mm. Yes, it's called Khoi Khoi Kobab. Kobab here in Namibia, we call it Khoi Khoi Kobab. It's different from the Bushman language, yeah. which is the Khoisan language, which is beautiful. Oh, it sounds, it sounds magical when I hear <laughs> Khoi people speak. It sounds like animals speaking. <laughs> it really does. Have you heard it? No. It sounds like animals speaking. <laughs> Check it out. I think that, I mean, the, yeah. the one uh, person, actually security guard helped us on the first day that, that we arrived to yeah. show us around and he... Was speaking like a local a click dialect. Sound, yeah. There were click sounds yeah, in sound, there, and I was yes. wondering if there was like a Khoisan. Like yes, mix. it's it's from the Khoisan language. <coughs> yeah, Khoisan, which is the root language. Khoi uh, Khoi Kobab is now a more evolved one. Okay. Quite very much evolved. That a Khoi Khoi Kobab person won't even understand the sound person when they and speak. Oh really? Yes. Oh, and wow. is it is it still a living language? Still. Yes, the Khoi Khoi Kobab. Yeah. Yes, quite quite. Quite evidently, okay. yeah. Um, uh, Kwe, uh, the Khoisan language is also quite. You find it here. You also find it, and it's quite something nice to experience. Mm, I'm sure. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. I don't know if anyone in South Africa. If yeah. It's, uh, if you can find still it. people speaking I wonder, it. I wonder. Yes. I know, I know yes. there's um, one activist who's been who was camping out in in Pretoria. Yeah. To get uh, Khoisan recognized right. as an official language yeah. and an official culture yes. within South Africa. Yes. Because in South Africa, 11 languages are recognized, nice. but Khoisan yeah. is it's not. not. Oh, they're better. They better. Yeah, it, which is it's, terrible. It's just for the preservation of our own history, especially with South Africa, because that was... Okay, because uh, the location for the Khoi Khoi people, historically, uh, it's between Namibia, Botswana, and South Africa. Mm. Yeah. And... And, and Angola as well, as far as Angola oh, as really? well. Yes, mm. yes. So, it's my favorite language. Uh, I, I, in in Kwe Kwe Kobab, I say, I say, uh, Kwe Kwe Kobab, Waha, Waha Kobab Ke. It's a sweet language. <laughs> so sweet. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's my favorite language. So I speak English, Afrikaans, Oshuambo, Herero, Kwekwe Kobab. I'm learning Portuguese and practicing a bit of Shona here and there. Yeah, and the eighth, the eighth language would be Mandarin that I'm going to be towards. learning. Yeah, okay. working towards. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I'm a youth social development research and facilitator. I uh, relocated from Vinduk to Ludwitz, the Karas region. Um, from my opinion and study, this region has proven to be the most underdeveloped but most industrious region in the country, which is a bit mind-boggling. Mm. Yeah, So highly underdeveloped. And the youth within this community is, I would say, quite in a crisis. Uh, looking looking from my research that's what drove me here that's what brought me here mm. and then also the history the import the historical importance of this region because this is where the colonial um, struggle began or resistance mm. also began and this is also the in Ludwitz yeah in Ludwitz yeah specifically okay. in Ludwitz um, apart from that this is also the first point that was discovered by Butler Muse Diaz that mm. formed the history of the country. Yeah. Before any other European influence came in. Or or, or that's how it came to that point. Yeah. yeah. So it's quite a very significant town. What brought me here, I have to say it's something beyond my control. Because I went I, when I came here I came to the capital of the region, which was Kirmanswop. Mm. And then which is inland. Yes, which is here. inland, exactly. Yeah. And then once I was there, I was detected with corona. Mm. So I couldn't proceed to explore. But then I got, as soon as I, we recovered, so one of the people that went to the hospital with me said, they're heading to Ludwitz, don't I want to come? And I thought, well, to extend my research, you know, the area of my research, it would be nice. But there was something also because I haven't been here before and it's the most remote place in the country. Mm. It's one of the most remote place, places. It's Ludwitz and Orangemund for us that are now coming from inland, capital city. So, so yeah, and then I decided not coming. I, I didn't know anybody. I, yeah, I didn't know anybody here. And I decided I don't want to go. And I always wanted to get on a ship. So I thought maybe, yo, I'm going to look for a job as a fisherman. <laughs> oh, those guys that work on the boats. Then I came, and the first place I I got, I got dropped off at the port, at the um, hub, um, yeah, the port, yes, the port, port authority, yeah, yes, the port authority. Yeah. And I just walked in here with my bag, uh, my bag, uh, with my bag, and I told this, the head of security there that no, I'm, I want to go through because I want to go look for work <laughs> on on those boats. And he says, Have you done a safety course? Like what safety course? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, you have to have some safety training to, um, to be to, to know how to go about yeah. and survive on on water. And I'm like, well, I can swim. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes like, oh no, you need to go for a course for six months. I said six months. <laughs> like really? I'm like okay. So I was dumbstruck. I was like, yeah. okay, my plan is not gonna work out. <laughs> I need another one. So I told him, yeah, but I kind of look for a job. Maybe don't you know where I can go look for a job somehow? And he said, what skill do you have? I said, okay, I was an apprentice, diesel mechanics. 
because it seems that that was what he was more interested in. Yeah. I, I realized he, he owns a logistics company. Oh, okay. And he, and he showed me a truck. He said, can you fix a truck like that? I said, yes, I'm quite optimistic. <laughs> I should be able to. Because I've fixed, I've worked for four years in Transnamib, um, uh, diesel mechanics, hydraulics. I haven't been qualified because I had to drop my, my, my apprenticeship because of some problem with my supervisor so yeah but then I knew that I didn't like it even when I was a mechanic <laughs> I didn't like I like working with people mm. I don't like working in those cut off sets mm. yeah, so I was like no and that's how I registered myself for marketing because I learned look I like working with people so he, he was like Okay, show me your CV, and then I showed him my CV, and then he realized, no, I'm totally not a mechanic. That's probably <laughs> the last thing I am, because it's the last thing on my CV as well. <laughs> so he's like, okay, because, and, and, and the title that I was, that's on my CV was Deputy Director, Business Consultant, General Manager. He's like, <laughs> it could be all this and be a mechanic. <laughs> I said, okay, okay, no, I'm not. So he just said, no, I should see what I can, what I can get in town. Maybe I should walk around told me to go to some people for accommodation mm. but I had nothing on me I had probably a 50 rand on me so I was like okay so I just got myself some food found myself some ab ab an abandoned warehouse I stayed there for about two weeks wow. yeah and then I met uh, another gentleman quite friendly and he got me a shack I never thought I was gonna live in a shack <laughs> <laughs> I, I refuse to do such a thing <laughs> like an animal would refuse to and I to me that was just sensible like I can't want to live in there if the animal won't why should I <laughs> so I, I rented the shack for two months and then I got a room after I did some volunteering at some schools and tutoring and I got some students that were interested in my tutoring and I started attending social events like community meetings for community uh, development plans and so forth and I, into, I formally started introducing myself as a youth social development researcher and facilitator and I just want to know how they intend to include the youth in this and see also where they do it but then I also like of and then I also realized that there was a lack of administrative skill so I started also telling them that I'm as much as I'm a researcher I have administrative knowledge mm. and I'm and I'm willing to help build administrative logic or sense where I see places that don't have or are not making administrative sense or causing administrative challenges mm. I can help with that which caused a bit of confrontation because I think a lot of people felt threatened maybe for their jobs or so forth but they were causing the delay of development yeah. because of the incapability to be to do proper administration yeah, apart from that, yes. And then the year passed. On the 28th of December, it was my first year in Ludritz. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really grateful. It was quite a good development and also a good introduction. Uh, I got to orientate with the community and the people and the youth. Mm. The youth are so willing and they're so willing to learn and grow and challenge themselves. It's just that society doesn't give them opportunity. That I literally, I literally came to a point where I had to tell people that children want to be trusted. We need to give them the opportunity. Mm. We need to give them the chance to mess up. Because 
as much as you undermining a child that's what the child looks up to and it's because of what we as grown-ups do we t we take on responsibilities and children uh, evaluate themselves according to us they also want to take up responsibilities so people don't really give children the opportunity they would usually just task children around and not really give them the responsibility mm. and trust also to accomplish what they have to and also the space to learn and make mistakes yeah yeah so people keep traumatizing children scolding children yelling at them and not giving them patience or asking them what are what challenge what what mm. challenges them from accomplishing certain tasks so yeah I, I learned that and I appreciate that of children when children appreciate being trusted and being allowed to make mistakes. Literally, sometimes I'm correcting them. And I say, please stand when you're talking to me. And they just want to run off. And I say, stand. Why, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you walking off? The child will just break down in tears. Shame. Oh. I'm like, hey, come here, come here. I'm, I love you. I care for you. That's why I'm asking. Mm. I want you to know why you're not doing Because you're not listening to me nicely and you're making mistakes. Why are you not standing? Mm. And this is what they're used to their parents. Because that's the behavior they learn from their parents mm. so there's a whole lot of healing and reconditioning and teaching that is needed another lady who I'm also helping with the child literally said in front of her husband and her younger brother she said my children need a male figure and I said no no you're putting it wrongly your children need a teacher figure mm. we all need a teacher f figure mm. you don't talk like that because your husband is a male mm. so you're talking against them you're also mm. hurting them mm. in, was intending to do good for the child yeah. so education is the key mm. I think education is really how we can bring about change because we have to secure this change by investing it within or giving it to the youth giving them the opportunity to understand the possibilities and, abil and abilities they have to initiate this change because if we're just giving it to the grown-ups their times are gonna be up and they might not be able to transfer the information and knowledge fast enough to the youth mm. so we have to set our mind back and priorities back to the youth again that you are the key you 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 should be the one that has the knowledge to secure our future and unite us as a people mm. i read a very interesting book oh, uh, it's by it's quite by a, a prominent author du bois dr du bois mm. and it speaks it's called something of the old folks of African old folks or something like that the souls the soul something soul <laughs> and folks and it speaks about the conscious the conscious people it's up to them to take on the responsibility not just to work on racial differences but to work on the sus uh, sustenance of our world and species which cannot be separated. We cannot um, separate our environment from the people. Mm. It's one and we have to... So that's why we were having the earlier discussion that we need to change the people's mindset so that we can take better care of the environment. Mm. If we take care of the environment and not fix this um, mindset or out of balanced mindset, we'll keep everything will keep repeating. Mm. Yeah. And also environment being what natural environment and Yes. Otherwise, all, all, all the people around us, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I think the one thing that's... Because uh, we follow a certain, well, a certain teaching, and one thing 
that they um, teach is that um, the problem with society is that everybody or people have become so I orientated. Yes. It's all I, 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 yes. or my, my, my. Exactly. So your circle is very small. It's just you and your family Maybe or your you immediate. Very true. But when you start stretching your responsibility towards society yes. and that responsibility becomes bigger, larger, then you yeah. start taking responsibility for the whole world, world basically yes, yes. And, and that's nature. where you can start to see change happening because exactly, exactly. Uh, it's not just um like your vision becomes wider it's not yeah, just like the small, small little circle exactly. that is mine yeah exactly uh, dimitri you're talking about you mentioned um the book that you're reading that's all about oracle or oh, astrology the I, I, uh, I ching yes can you tell me a bit about that yes uh it's because it made me think of uh, okay uh, yeah, yeah, tarot card reading yeah. and astrology. It, it it is in the same vein, mm -hmm. but the I Ching is the um, it's called the Book of Changes, mm. which is um, an ancient Chinese text or texts mm -hmm. which were used for uh, what do you call it, divination, so to, to yeah. as an oracle to to uh, tell okay. the future. But more than that, it is actually yeah. It, it, I mean, all the lessons in there are are, are, are more lessons of about yeah, yeah the ancient <laughs> yeah. ancient I'm, ancient I'm, prophecies. Yeah, well, not or it's, teachings. It's, 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 it's very personal. It's yeah, nice. also yeah. it's it's yeah. it comes from before um, Confucianism, because Confucianism has has been kind of a major driving force, force in, in the in past. Chinese, oh, in past thousands of years but before that you had Taoism which is much more about fluidity and okay. uh, Confucianism is much more about I think it's what passed yeah, yeah I think it's what passed with the Gemini era mm. with the Gemini era of the two faces mm. yeah because we're coming from the Gemini era into the Aquarius era now we've been I believe it's been said that it, it has started in the 1600s mm now the Aquarius era and this is what we're going through and this is a humanitarian era where people are becoming more conscious and more mm. um, um, more based on humanitarianism and doing good and okay and then German uh, and then the Gemini era was more about it was a bit of illusionary yeah, yeah and I think it's what faces, you yeah, yeah and I think it's what you call in the confusion yeah yeah so I, I, what I like about uh, Taoism is it's first of all it's one of the most more ancient, ancient yeah. uh, it big philosophies it's it's it predates even Buddhism and like I said Confucianism wow. yeah, um, but also the what I think it's the the yin and yang symbol actually comes from um, yeah thank you from Taoism right. and people usually see it as that it's the balance between black and white or male and female but what yes. actually um, Taoism teaches is that there is no balance because it is actually one it's just different sides, sides. of so it's a different way of seeing things, things. not as yes. like two opposites but actually as one as a harmony uh, where between different different sides, sides. of it yeah but it's it's been very it's helpful sometimes, but also it can be quite challenging to read the I Ching. It's actually yeah, okay. a really nice. It's the, I think uh, it's the Richard Willem uh, translation. It was a German um, okay. sinologist who who. It, it's a very 
thick translation, and I think it's most uh, translations into English in any Western language actually date yeah. from that. Okay. Because um, it's like with a lot of this this knowledge, it can be very hard to translate it because it's it's especially it's also written in ancient languages. Yeah, but also a lot of it is is so subtle that there it's it's really very very difficult to to put it into words, especially in into. English or, or yes. languages we know, and even the just and even modern, I think context yeah, for us to be able yeah. to comprehend it, and, yeah. and so some of it can be feel a bit dated because usually, usually most I Ching readings we've done end up being like whatever, like just basically just follow whatever is happening and do not <laughs> do not struggle with like do not go against what is uh, natural, which can. Yeah, it can yeah. be quite hard for, for, it's not for easy. us Westerners to... to um... No, no, I don't think so. Even even for us, because it's, it's, it's a lot of information. Mm. It's, it's quite, it can mm. quite be overwhelming for anybody. Mm. Yeah, really. And, you know, I wrote, I, I read this book by W. Dr. Du Bois. Mm. And as much as, he's, as, he was, as he was an African revolutionary, or pan, I don't like the word pan-Africanist, he was just... He was just a conscious mind that believed in equality yeah. and also balance, mm. in balance of everything. In that book, it's so, what's, I, I don't know, it's a book either named The Tears of the Old Souls or something. Mm. But he doesn't, he doesn't, oh, it's, guys, it's the most interesting books. I've read so many interesting books and I don't know whether I know how to describe them mm. and refer mm. them to people. But it's, you did uh, Du Bois and this book that I'm reading currently. Uh, the Celestine Prophecy. Mm. Once you start, you guys are not going to stop. I hope, you, I, I hope you don't get lost at sea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, really, you're going to open this book and just want to read it all at once. Mm. So please, please note it down, Celestine Prophecy. Yeah. Okay. You'll even love the I'm previews. Sure we, will, we will find that, I mean, I know it, it floats around in a lot of second-hand shops. shops. We'll find yeah, it. yeah. Uh, the Celestine Prophecy and then by Ud, uh, by Dr. Du Bois. Uh, definitely will look up well, the names, any, of, yeah. uh, any of his books, but if the one that, that sounds like the title you're describing will wow. definitely look it's, for it's that. It's an amazing book, and it talks about environment and consciousness, universal consciousness or global consciousness. It's just an amazing book. Even right now, it just makes me want to run home and go read <laughs> it again. Yeah. Okay, no, but I'll show it to you next time I come, so you can okay. just read a bit on the preview. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd love to go. I mean, so the way we we got to know each other was a few days ago. We were sitting here at the waterfront in Woodritz, yeah. and you came past, and you had your My tag from from the walking to, to walking tours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then you described because we asked like, what you talked about, a bit about your walking tours, but what you actually are doing here is like uh, research, what you're saying and, and, development, and, and yes. working with the, with the youth. I'd I'd love to know what like. What what do you feel is like the are the main challenges that youth or well the people here face or that you've noticed yeah, that yeah. you've I mean you've talked a little bit about it but yes thank you the first the main ones it's it's an economical firstly I think even even with education even even just giving people an education sometimes can also be challenging especially when you don't have an economical setup mm. good economical setup mm. so that is one of the most challenging things is that as much as you can inform the people mentally 
and empower them mentally, economically, it can still again cause a reverse effect on the education that you're giving the people because you need to give them quite a holistic support when when we look at things it's just like as much as I inspire the children with knowledge sometimes they don't have this economical tool mm. to learn and experience what we're talking about so even in the houses the levels of stresses the children are exposed to it's also because of an economical limitation mm. so once they're given this economical ability it will it will also have a very significant effect on empowering the people's um, mental stimuli mm. yeah. yeah yeah so economics this, this area is the it's quite the most industrious area but um, also the, the like least least developed benefit, yeah. and of also with the highest area. level of inequality mm inequality and poverty mm. this uh, they are they are different yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the level of inequality and poverty mm. is extreme here because it's also an arid land so there is no vegetation mm. for people to somehow make a plan mm. or yeah. yeah or depend on yeah. or somehow balance none at all so it's quite a challenging environment so economics is very very necessary and i think one of the biggest causes of this level of low economics or state of econo of economy is uh, total um, unethical business operations mm. with all with all leading sectors and this is just basic I'm not speaking from a business perspective or a political perspective it's in principle speaking to ethics mm. yeah so and ethics is something that is worked into all fields of studies and knowledge form so if somebody wants to claim to be a, an ideal business person and you show or practice no ethics it is totally non-substantial what you're doing what you're doing is not mm. uh, in, uh, important in any way mm. it's to no benefit and it's not sustainable so this is the kind of business so this place gives off a lot of proof of exploitation and, a, and an exploitive mindset mm. yes especially to the leaders yeah. it's, it's very exploitive I mean to the people who don't know Namibia Ludwig's this area used to be or is it still yeah very much uh, diamond mining it still is diamond still mining, in the which, country so it's if I get it correctly it's basically Diamonds are extracted here, and the world goes elsewhere. Yes. But it, it yeah, it, it surely not here. Even the fish, mm. even the fish, because the fish industry is the biggest employer. Mm. There's no fish here. People here are only consuming the what do they call it? Side catch or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So they call it a side catch, like yeah. the angel fish. Yeah, the that fish is that not worth yeah. much. Uh, yeah, they, people don't know fish in this region, mm. which is sad. It's it's mind-boggling to me just like when I was going to Vinduk the other day and I went to the fish shop and they told me there's no fish and I had to quickly reason on how I'm going to tell people in Vinduk that there's no fish in Ludwitz mm. and when I phone people will be like what happened to the ocean yeah. and I had no answer mm. so that is how exploitive mm. the business people here behave and the manners that they have it is it is shame. It is shameful, and I'm speaking at an academic or even a 
corporate level mm. it is it is the worst form of exploitation mm. of resources and humans it is it's it's i even think it's so outdated it's like it's worse than colonialism mm. it's like it's people are left behind in those old eras we're talking i thought of maybe there might be some modern or evolved form of colonization mm. this is this is inhumane this mm. is barbaric mm. you can't exploit a child and have children people with expensive cars driving by children that are hungry coming from school like literally nauseous of not having any strength mm. i meet children and i ask a child should i buy can i buy you bread and banana and this child even maybe obliviously just says yes because not having the strength to answer you and and you're saying that i'm working with people that run businesses yo these people are like no i, I literally have to say it. i feel like i'm speaking directly to them or there's an opportunity to speak to them mm. but this is shameful mm. it's shameful for, to the human species be it not just to the coming generation if they have children mm. it is shameful really and i believe in evolution but there's just some people and some sectors of society that totally have regressed instead of progress evolutionarily speaking that is the state we're in and that is how much we have to do mm. and i believe that there's some divine intervention at what we are all doing mm. as, as small and as yeah. insignificant as it might seem well i think well what inspired mm. us to like have this conversation is what yeah. you are doing here because you told wow. us like yeah thank you thank you you're, i'm glad you're you're working with the youth here but yeah completely self-funded without any support support from or assistance government meant, or, or anyone else all businesses yeah for, for that matter of fact yeah not i i i thank the universe for the opportunity hmm. yeah for you all mm. yeah no um that's what it is and yeah sometimes i also have to i have to take care of myself where i have to say i can't worry too much because it's very it takes too much strength mm. of a person and sometimes i get so emotional i shed a tear right in front of the children and to some point it also brings peace because i i sense that the children understand because they are the ones that are f- mostly feeling this pressures mm. yeah so they we relate to that point yeah and and i and i'm happy being able to be different mm. that i can communicate with children from a different angle right now i'm developing an a campaign are called uh, to bring youth together and empower them and a certain just talk about what development the opportunities are there and what they can do on their own and also motivate them to take chances and take risks because they're not given the opportunity so it leaves the youth no choice and these are the things that one says that if such things continue the youth will be left with no choice but to take these risks mm. And if we understand the risk is going to be like youth riots crime or something and yeah. crime and yeah. such things exactly yeah. so and and I I would like to save them from mm. that and give them smarter ways mm. of achieving their dreams yeah so this campaign that I'm working on is trying to raise awareness to the older people and to the community at large on looking at youth 
from a different angle and not from an outdated perspective because it feels like youth have been um, positioned and classified based according to old classifications of youth or definitions of youth we having evolved youth even though they are not ex ex as exposed to technology their mind and their what they are exposed to is, has evolved mm -hmm. to that level yeah so um, the idea that I came up with is probably I would I don't mind mentioning it if, as long as you guys can at least wish that I that it comes to <laughs> to life is um, Ludred's youth youth from a different angle yeah, the name of the campaign will be Youth from a Different Angle. And that means and also to inspire the youth to look at themselves from a different perspective and not this limited mm. and limiting perspective. Look at yourselves as a youth from a different angle. Yeah. Yeah, from a different side. And this, I hope, would also encourage the youth to live their old way of thinking and describing the youth and also engaging with the youth. This youth is different, and in it's not our choice. It's natural. It's a natural mm -hmm. phenomenon which has to take place. Mm. So yes, that that is one of my main campaigns, though. Nice. Yeah. We were actually talking about that yesterday about uh, mindsets and like how oftentimes when you you're a child and you're growing up in a family that lives a certain way, they're in yeah. a box, yeah. then your only vision for your future is that box. that box. Yes. So it's important to, to, change the to be able to see beyond the box beyond, exactly. and, and have therefore more opportunities will open up. Hey? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yes. And even the way they, they, they promoted the concept of thinking out of the box, mm. I think it wasn't well brought through to mm. the youth because it was brought, what I got from it was this whole concept was brought in with a commercialized ideology. Yes, definitely. Yes, and that and that is how that's where our youth also didn't get it, and that's why it wasn't as appealing as maybe it was intended mm. to be. Yes, because it's not just about the commercial side mm. of things; it's about it, it. It includes a lot of things. Yeah, conditioning. Yeah, conditioning yeah. socially, yeah. your parents. Um, home relations, mm -hmm. household relations, yeah. community relations, and, and so forth. So it's quite a lot. So I, I think, I would say that society should pri pr uh, prioritize economics and education mm. to bring about change. Mm. And this have to do are based on youth, how you engage youth in this development or developing of these um, aspects. Of, of of nation or community development yes and unfortunately I don't have that capacity mm -hmm. but the little that I can do is encourage the youth to be more entrepreneurial artistic mm -hmm. and expressive of their passions yeah, like I see youth walking around with earphones and I just imagine how much they would just like to be at a place that plays music mm -hmm. so they can enjoy it and not isolate themselves mm. that much mm -hmm. because it's very isolating mm. to walk around with earphones it really cuts you off from the society so I would always tell them oh, why don't you bring a speaker and we dance I'm a good dancer as old as <laughs> I am I can <laughs> dance and they would they want to do they'll get excited about the idea but then getting to it is quite a challenge mm. I, until I get a speaker mm. I think I'm gonna have to do it for them yeah. they put a speaker 
like you say, we have a waterfront. Yeah. The youth aren't there. There's mm. nobody. There's no arts. There's no entertainment. Mm. So as much as they're calling it a tourist sector and they want to promote it, they won't be able to promote the tourism sector if they do not develop the youth yeah. social social environment. Yeah, so it's like they don't even know what they're talking about sometimes. I think mm. you're talking about developing this uh, tourism sector, but you're not developing the youth. Mm. With, yeah. with which people? With old people? Mm. You want to have old people dancing at the <laughs> waterfront and juggling, you know, or doing art at the waterfront? Yeah. It has to be the yeah. youth. Yeah, when, when we arrived here on, on our boat, there was, uh, I think, the, the day... No, the day we met, we met. was when, when was when the the, the cruise ship, ship was here. Yeah, we were here the day before, and okay. it was it was completely dead. There was hardly yeah. <laughs> anyone people on the streets. Exactly. And and then the big cruise ship arrives, which has a thousand three hundred people on board who will come on shore for half a day. Yeah, go back exactly. on the cruise ship and then leave again. So yeah, it feels very very disconnected. I mean, yeah, but it, it, it does feel like a very uh, quiet. Even like now today, New Year's Day, there's like it's quite quiet. Yeah, there's. I can tell you, the factor for that is the economics of mm. this town, which is very bad. The inequality, the yes, the difference within the inequality, and yeah, the poverty. Mm. Yeah, the level and, of economics. You also said there are like no spaces or not nothing here for yeah for recreational use. infrastructure the youth at all as in zero minus zero mm. yeah and government they don't like hearing me define such things because they would like me to maybe sugarcoat it and I can't because a child is depressed because of this mm. a child is going through abuse and overexposure mm. to negative things because of this families are just raised in houses that are like this they're developing communities with one playground Per, I don't know, three, five hundred hou uh, households. Mm. Like you're joking, yeah. And but one of the biggest problem when I also mentioned economics, key is the level of self worth within our economy or the 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 value system that is used within this economy so outdated that people undervalue themselves apart from their product. Mm. Namibians undersell their own their own land, which is the children that they're underselling, because now children don't have land. The corruption is because of petty money. You will not believe it. You'll be like, people are still talking at a local currency. With They're trading at a local currency with internationals. That's a joke. Someone can come here from the U.S. and you're selling something to them in Namibian dollars. So, is this kind of, I don't know whether it's education, lack of education, that causes this, but this corruption is a joke, this is not corruption, this is literally underselling yourself, mm. yeah, it's like you don't even know what you're doing, it's, you have no value, no relevant or substantial value system, and that is the problem with the country, as Namibia. Yeah. You mentioned before lack of leadership. Yes, yeah. exactly. Lack mm. of leadership, indeed. And I guess that's also like you can only develop leadership by empowering new generations who will be yes. the leaders of the future. Yes. So and also mm. to a competitive level, 
on a, in a, at an international, you understand, mindset that no, the children need to be competitive internationally. Mm. They can't just be competitive on a little or isolated in their own little kakunkos. Mm. They have to compete with the world. So that's the thing. You give a child, now you give a child a $20 and the grown up thinks, oh, I give my child money. And he's like, that's candy. And this 13-year-old child is talking about nice clothing, making parties with their friends, you know, having a picnic. Mm. And we we end with our children at $20. I mean, dollars. How much is... Yeah, yes, how much is... Probably uh, is less than a dollar. One US dollar, you know, around one US no, dollar. Yes, yeah. yes, around one US dollar. Which is sad. And it's... And as much... It doesn't help the child. It actually makes the thing, things worse for the child because now you've prov you're provoking the child without set having the proper support structure for this child. Uh, bef earlier, before we started recording, you also mentioned something about how you see Namibian youth or Namibian people compared to countries ar around yes, Angola, Angola uh, yes. uh, Zimbabwe, South Africa. Maybe you can... Uh, yeah. I'd love to hear, like, hear you... Yeah, uh, talk, talk a bit, a bit about on that. that. Yeah, you understand. Um, I, for me, as I grew up, I was quite ambitious. It's quite ambitious. So, I wanted to. I wanted to be the youngest family member to have a farm. Mm. I like literally just. But then, yeah, I wanted to be the youngest family member that, um, that that would have a farm. I wanted to have businesses. I believed in the mafia concept. Take care of your people. Your people <laughs> will take care of you. So. Um, so, I was quite innovative. I was quite innovative, but as I grew up, I realized a lot of my peers were less innovative and even ambitious. Um, and also because I traveled, I schooled in Zimbabwe for a few years, and I and I was always and I always made friends with uh, people from other countries. So I think that made me very innovative and ambitious also. But then for Namibian youth, it's not like that. You will be so surprised, like. Talking about Ludritz, if our if our youth were incapacitated, Ludritz wouldn't be what it is. That is how disabled our youth are made right now, if I may put it that way. Like they're totally in disabled to do anything, to express themselves, incapable of even expressing themselves. If they were incapacitated, they would be at the waterfront mm. enjoying themselves. They don't even know the ocean. They are not even drawn to the ocean by nothing. Mm -hmm. And this is the education system, the lack of edu good education that has our youth in this state. They are literally on TV watching food cooking programs. Children are busy looking at food preparing programs. <laughs> They're supposed to be adventurers, <laughs> you know, climbing mountains, climbing <laughs> trees and everything. They sit all day looking at food, preparing, and fashion, clothing. Yes, but our children need way much more than that. Mm. They need to be attached to the immediate environment. They're so detached. Mm. So as much as you don't see them here, don't think they're attached to the environment. They are more even alienated to their environment. And that is the problem, and that's how they cannot provide for themselves. Um, our children are less on YouTube, have... Um, no experience of buying on internet even because to get anything in Namibia takes forever. Mm. Yeah, and these are all things that are limited or caused by in 
um, political in incapability or incapacity. Mm. Yeah, they, imagine you're ordering something and you have to wait three months to get it. Mm. I can't even wait a pair of shoes for that long. Mm. I feel like I've already had it on and it's torn. By the yeah. time it comes, I'm like, I'm, I'm finished with the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the problem and that's why our children cannot do anything for themselves. They're so dependent. Mm. They are literally so brain drained. If you're uh, less, less yeah. innovative. You less say. innovative, not even present. Mm. Yeah, that we literally have to take them out of the environment they are and awaken them again to the real. Re so our children actually away from reality. Yeah. Uh, the other thing you mentioned, I don't think we've got that on recording yeah. yet, is about uh, the curri curriculum. You said uh, the, curri the Namibian curriculum changed recently. And yes. there's also. And the winner consultations then, yeah. Yeah, quite problematic <laughs> in your eyes. Yeah. It is. I'm not. I won't even. Yes. Uh, detrimental. It's damaging the children. If you bring your child, I, based on my personal opinion, if anybody brings their child to the Namibian education, you're risking your child of being uneducated because this is not educating at all. This is not an education system to educate or uh, enable somebody to be able to express their dreams or their wishes or their desires mm -hmm. or themselves for that matter of fact. Um, I'm, by, my, by my research, I realized it's a, the current curriculum is a copy or somehow was adopted from a Russian uh, Russia's education system because Russia has quite strong influence mm -hmm. even recently they're, they're, they're the highest investors globally in Namibia what do they invest in? Yeah, marine sector, okay. mining energy, okay. medical education sure. as if they ever had a good education system <laughs> Their, their education system is one education system that has always been changing. So they have, a, they, I don't know for what reason we would want to take Russian education system for an example, mm. but except for the economics, so-called support or investment that they're investing in our mm. country. So these are all, to me, these are all causes of bad leadership or mm. lack of leadership. Let me not call it bad leadership. Yeah, I don't mean to insult anybody. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, the number of students scoring zero. zero. On a paper, math paper, zero. Yeah. That, that is unthinkable. It's like nothing happened. Mm. The children were not going anywhere. They were not given any book. The, nothing was even spoken to them. If children, 420 mm. children get zero, it means they were not spoken to at all. Mm. Yeah, they were just left to their own and expected to, to write an exam mm. that they were not taught of or prepared for. Yeah, and you also mentioned the lack of, for instance, school, school books or... Like yes, school uh, books, school support. Literally, the education system is quite weak. I'm not, I'm not discriminating. I'm not talking bad. I, I want to bring change. No, you're just uh, and observing. To, yes, you know. and to bring change, we have to... See things as they are. As they are, yeah. and mention them so that yeah. the change can come about. If mm. we don't mention them, that's when we we fail to mm. get change. So it's just such a bad education system. Mm. You also mentioned that like it, the the schooling ends at grade eleven at, yes. at the eleventh year, yes. not yes. at twelfth year. I wonder what's 
What, what could, why what would they do that? that? Yeah. Yes. And, this is and, that, and, and for that reason, yeah. I use the word detrimental. Yeah. This education system is detrimental. I would want people from, uh, of their, from bringing their children to Namibian education system mm. because why would you remove a grade when the whole world has at yeah. least 12 grades? We're talking of Zimbabwe that even has an excellent education system. Why didn't they take a better example mm. and yeah. increase the grades to 14 grades? Mm. So such things made me really wonder how, what the motives and what kind of leadership. Because you, when you're talking about it, you're comparing to not even per se the rest of Africa, but yes, neighboring countries, countries, countries around yes, Namibia. And internationally. Yeah. I literally did the research. I wanted to know how how the American system is, they are schooling hours because they have their kids at school environment up to late afternoon, 3, 4 o'clock, which is very good because we have our children at school only until 1. So from 1 till 5, these children are just given chores. They are literally just, they, they are not even given the opportunity to be children during these hours because firstly there's no parent supervision mm -hmm. and then they have responsibilities that they forever have to do. So we... We mess with our children's upbringing, development. This system is not good and it makes me wonder of the consciousness of the leadership. Like, do you understand development, uh, I mean, social development uh, of the youth or the child? Even do you understand what child development means mm -hmm. and what, uh, what is the definition of a child and social role of a child, for example? So, yes, I really... I really question it a lot. It makes me wonder a lot that are we having a conscious leadership? And it makes me realize that I, I'm afraid to say we might only be having an ignorant, because that's ignorance. Because children are suffering. Children are getting, we're talking of now we have youth at the age of 21 that have high blood pressure. It's not normal. This is not normal things. Mm. I was shocked. I said, you're 21 and you have high blood pressure? I don't even know this. Mm. I can't allow myself to go there. Mm. Yeah, and this is what our children go through and there's no supporting structure to help them go through this. We have children that don't even know mm, the word constipation, grade 7. And the other ones, that it's, there, it's about their age that people, humans experience this 